This episode of Not What I'm Talking About is brought to you by NottinghamLive.co.uk. Nottingham Live is the resource for finding out the latest goings on in Nottingham, from gigs to stage shows, book launches and more. You can find out announcements, reviews, interviews and more for what's going on in Nottingham. Head over to NottinghamLive.co.uk for all the latest Nottingham happenings. Hello all and welcome to a brand new episode of Knots What I'm Talking About. Hope you're all doing well and uh, hopefully looking forward to what we'll all hope will be a better winter than last year. Although who knows what's around the corner. Thanks for tuning in, we've been on a bit of a break. Uh, like everyone I think it's been a a bit of a strange time and we've had to do a bit of adapting and uh, take a bit of a break. But we're back now and we've got a great series of episodes lined up for you. Uh, make sure you do keep an eye on our social media sites, uh, facebook.com forward slash knots what I'm talking about, and uh, on Twitter at ngdigitaluk for all the latest gig uh, guest announcements, sorry, uh, and what's coming up. Uh, we're kicking things off. This is episode 46, so closing in on 50. Hopefully, we'll be able to announce something special for that soon. But episode 46, and this is an absolutely fantastic and insightful conversation with Professor Paul Crawford. Paul is a Professor of Health Humanities at the University of Nottingham. He specialises in mental health, uh, areas like that. It was great to have a chat with Paul. Obviously, mental health is a subject that there's a lot of uh, conversation about um, with regards to, obviously, the pandemic and the effects that on mental health, the lack of support and funding coming into mental health so it's it's a very important subject that maybe starting to get highlighted a bit more uh, i talked to paul about uh, a project he's involved in with uh, ardman animations i'm sure you all know as being the masters behind the amazing wallace and gromit uh, paul and ardman and some other uh, sort of experts in mental health were involved in a project to put together a website called what's up with everyone.com and that offers uh, advice to young people with various issues they may be facing at this time or any time uh, it's it's a fantastic website it's very easy to use welcome in it offers animated videos and uh, it's a great resource that maybe takes away some of the intimidation and stigma that comes around looking for help when it comes to dealing with uh, life issues and mental health issues Check that out at whatsupwitheveryone.com and we'll talk quite a bit more about that in the episode. Uh, we also talk obviously a lot about the impact that the pandemic will have had on mental health, especially in young people, um, some of the attitudes and the importance of uh, being comp- about compassion in particular at this time. It's very divisive and we've seen that during the pandemic as well as before. Uh, and it's very, it can be very difficult maybe to... Uh, to ask for help or you know to face issues particularly when you see some of the things that are said on social media so we talk a bit about that let's talk about the book that uh, that paul produced during lockdown along with his son which he said was a sort of a cathartic experience for him during lockdown when particularly in the first time he was alone for a long period of time that book takes a look at the impact of uh, lockdown particularly on young people and a look at cabin fever as a whole uh, so that's well worth uh, 
checking out cabin fever surviving lockdown in the coronavirus pandemic we'll talk a bit about that it's a fascinating chat it was really insightful paul had some excellent advice that i think many people will find helpful i know even while speaking to him i found some very very helpful and uh, helpful yeah very helpful advice during that that even i'm looking at i feel i should take on board so do enjoy this this is episode 46 uh not what i'm talking about with our guest professor paul crawford <laughs> So welcome everybody to the latest issue of Not What I'm Talking About and I'm very excited today to be joined by my guest, uh, Professor Paul Crawford, who is Professor of Health Humanities at the University of Nottingham. Uh, so first off, Paul, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Well, thanks for inviting me, Darren. Yeah, not a problem. And um, to kick things off, I think I mentioned to you before we started that I sort of first came across your work and what you do via a article I saw on Left Lion, which I'm sure many of our listeners will be aware of. Uh, we've had the, the founders of Left Lion as a previous guest, and I think most people in Nottingham uh, that want to keep up to date with things will be using the website. And I mean, if you did an article, the Left Lion are sort of involved in the annual uh, Welcome to Nottingham Student Guide. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you did a sort of piece for them, which was some advice to new students about dealing with the big changes that come, especially those that are moving, obviously, to a new city. Um, and obviously, yeah. maybe this year more than ever. Um, well, that's, that's the phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's, um, yeah, memorable phrase. Yeah, so um, this was uh, all about young people's mental health. And uh, the piece in the left line actually came from um, the work I've been doing with Ardman, um, yeah. who most, most people know in terms of Wallace and Gromit yeah. and uh, Sean the Sheep, etc. So I had the uh, good fortune to lead uh, a new campaign with Ardman and created five new animations with young people, for young people, about the kind of life challenges, actually, Darren, um, rather than kind of mental health conditions, the life challenges that young people, particularly in that transition period to college and university or the workplace, that they, they feel that um, they struggle with. And uh, we, we created five animations uh, based on that um, around uh, loneliness, and isolation, which uh, many of us will have uh, felt more intensely over this last uh, year or two, year or two. Um, and competition, so competitiveness, perfectionism, which I, I think we, we probably all suffer from at some point in, in our lives, trying to be uh, perfect in the things we do. Social media and independence. So these were the five areas that young people 
uh, felt were difficult life challenges for them. And uh, we not only created those animations, uh, but uh, we had a whole uh, research um, side to that in terms of the way that the animations actually helped and supported young people's mental health. So we reached uh, over 18 million in the first uh, few months of launch earlier this year. So we launched in the pandemic, um, despite the pandemic and uh, feeling um, uh, the pain, I guess, um, of uh, not just the young people, but uh, our society really in, in struggling with all the different um, uh, the, the different things we were facing. Yeah, excellent. I mean, I've actually I'm just looking at the the site now, um, which uh, for anyone listening is called What's Up With Everyone dot com, and um, I think the first thing that strikes you is sort of is sort of is how easy to use it looks and understandable because I think part of the problem maybe that people have when it comes to uh, reaching out for help or looking for advice is in terms of, of uh, you know health or um, just you know social activities and things like that it's, a lot of it can seem very scary and complicated you know, yeah, sometimes you, you go you go on maybe an NHS site and you've got obviously medical terms that uh, often people even people as well will look at a medical term and think, well, I'm not that bad because of the medical term, you know, but this is very, looks a lot more, you know, it's got, got these speech bubbles um, that I'm thinking anyone looking at would be able to see, you know, understand those speech bubbles and, and sort of feel a connection with them in a way that's a lot easier to understand. And then obviously, as you say, it's got, you know, Ardman's very um, unique, an excellent animation, which I think anyone, you know, you can always recognise that. So it's, I think yeah. it's an excellent idea um, and an excellent way for people to uh, to get some advice and assistance, maybe in a less sort of intimidating way than sometimes that, that, it may feel. No, that's right, Darren. And the uh, the key thing was the uh, the animations and the the website. What's up with everyone.com. Yeah. Um, the, the videos actually also on the uh, the Ardman YouTube as well. Oh, cool. People don't go to the, the website, but the the stuff there was developed with young people, and the the the, the animations are voiced by um, our in group of young people um, on the project, so they're not actually actors, uh, which is really neat. Um, and as you say, with the speech bubbles and with the text in a kind of colourful and um, you know, brief format. Yeah. Um, this kind of fits with um, you know uh, how we want to flag up upstream sort of challenges to our mental health, as opposed to mental health conditions as such. Yeah. Um, and there's a help-seeking page as well there with with our partners um, in terms of if people do have more profound difficulties with their mental health. We try to uh, give them some of the uh, the signposting there um, that they can make use of. Excellent, and like I say, it's, it does seem very accessible. And I think you know, and I know I do think there's definitely a change 
in attitudes towards uh you know mental health whether it's fast enough change maybe not but still a lot of people are you know are sort of very reluctant when it comes to mental health problems because we've had that you know the the sort of man up attitude or you know you know deal with your own problems don't take your problems to other people kind of things I do I think um we're moving away from that a bit Um, social media obviously can be both a positive and negative in terms of those kind of things that's right yeah. Um, but again, it's. I think this this definitely feels accessible. And as I say, just reading the speech bubbles are, you know, things that so so many people, especially as you say, people in such a sort of key part of their young lives, will be going through. You know, will they, like you know decisions that arguably are going to impact the next forty years of their life. That's, that's a big step. It's a big moment, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's a big yeah, moment um, at any that- age. Absolutely, and I think I think the What's Up With Everyone uh, campaign is um, what's particularly special about it is the the humour as well. So mm. I mean, Arden are brilliant, aren't they? At uh, you know converting uh, human experience into animations and to to really conveying some of the emotion um, behind the challenges as well. So uh, the the site is very colourful. It's yeah. um, it's quite upbeat, and I think in many ways it, it's uh, appropriately gentle and thoughtful as opposed to preachy and here's the experts telling you what to do, you know. <laughs> so the, the whole um, piece of work there was definitely, um, I guess, underlined by uh, young people for young people. So, you know, young people have resources, young people have ideas about how they can help others, etc. And the research on the on the project also showed that the animations uh, improved young people's knowledge and attitudes to mental health, uh, their willingness to seek help and their confidence to help others as well. Young people really do like helping others around them. We see that they're really, um, really active in making a difference. But so when it comes to mental health, often young people are seen as, you know, oh, they're, they're breaking up and they're, they're failing and, and the adult world needs to save them, you know, mm-hmm. like in some sort of adult Superman kind of uh, mission. In fact, young people have resources themselves, they help their own communities um, and uh, find solutions. They're not just, if you like, waiting for the expert to knock the door. Yeah. Um, I think these these resources uh, kind of help and show that too. Yeah. I mean, I think as well as, uh, as you say, young people helping, helping each other is, is fantastic. And we do see, one thing you do see quite a bit sadly is almost the the older generations of the attitude of oh wait till they come into the real world they don't know what they don't know how easy they've got it at the moment which again is like that's not encouraging anyone I mean even I don't don't want to name specific high profile uh, social media users but we've seen you know criticism of of sports people who've had mental health taking breaks from mental health and that especially young who have been thrust into the limelight 
Um, and obviously it doesn't have to be just a lot, but just those attitudes of you don't know what a real problem is, uh, yeah. is, you know, as I think it's fair to say that it's, it's relative, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, uh, you're, you're right to flag that up, you know, and uh, for, for any listeners to, to this uh, podcast, um, or webcast or whatever you call it, <laughs> <laughs> I just say to you, you know, if you have um, mental health difficulties and challenges, um, you know, this is part of living. And that's why we focus on life's challenges as opposed to, if you will, mental health states, because we all have mental health states. Um, and very often um, they're not always good ones. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we all struggle at different times in our lives. So when that man up or, you know, uh, be strong, come on, you, you know, you, you've had it easy you don't know what you're talking about you know you wait until you get real challenges and stuff like this when you get that type of conversation I would say to all the young people just close your ears to that just close your ears to it because that's just bs as far as I'm concerned you know we need to understand that if people are hurting they're hurting you don't need to compare their hurt with the hurt you've been through and how you got through, you know, 10 wars and, you know, losing all sorts of uh, aspects of your, your life quality. Um, we also need to realise that for some people, um, what might seem a little problem to some people can really, really... Um, dominate their lives and make make their lives difficult so if people are hurting just listen to them and be aware that um, they need some support don't judge them against your hurts or bigger hurts definitely and I think it's it's something you see a lot and it's it's something you see not just in terms of people's mental health and you know it's, it's a completely different discussion but you see it in terms of when people talk about, you know, poverty, even things like that. And obviously that, which has a massive impact, obviously, on people. But you see the same thing about, well, you know, people in this country don't know how lucky they've got it compared to other countries. But it's like, you, you, when you live in this country, within this the economical situation of this country, mm. then your problems are relative to that and to yourself. And, you know, if you're struggling to decide whether to, to feed your family or or heat your home, the fact that you that compared to other parts of the world, you're well off is is yeah. irrelevant to that issue. And that it's again, it's almost it's a, almost just feels like a way to close down discussion. Yeah, um, you, you actually use the phrase compared there as well. So, I mean, comparison is is um, is damaging people's lives in many ways. I think when you hear the word depression you should uh, add in the word comparison because uh, much of people's ongoing <laughs> depression or uh, intermittent depression actually comes from comparing themselves to others. Yeah, uh, which is obviously exasperated <laughs> somewhat by social media. Um, well, of course, in, yeah, of course. Uh, and, you know, particularly because most most people, a lot, a lot of people, well, obviously we tend to only share the the more glamorous or upbeat side of 
our lives on social media as opposed to um, you know not many of us want to go on there and share when things aren't so well so that gives a skewed picture so somebody who is feeling down then thinks that everyone else is sort of living this wonderful life which is not true but you know I think young people are really negotiating negotiating that territory um you know on a day-to-day basis and the the value of social media and the connection that it offers uh, is is perhaps on the on the good side of the scales and on the bad side of the scales is that constant comparison of one show person with another show person you know so you know the kind of appearance of people on uh social media is the appearance of show people and actually getting to the real people is much more tricky and uh engaging with with uh with 3d people um, is different and uh you know accepting that we're not all shiny all the time um or even some of the time you know um accepting and uh building your life um outside of that show world is uh is really key and hopefully hopefully what's up with it, everyone will will help with that and help um well with with some of the aftermath of the pandemic yeah. interestingly when that went out which was uh, this came out in february 2021 when that came out in the kind of um second phase i guess of the pandemic the the most frequently visited uh, aspect of what's up with everyone was um, loneliness and isolation, which I'm sure many young people would have felt quite intensely during the last two years. And the second one was um, perfectionism, which tells you a lot, really, um, how, you know, young people are kind of often positioned in that kind of, you know, making it on your own, you know, um, becoming independent, forging your path, all that sort of stuff, which can be really lonely. And and also uh, under pressure uh, to do that by being perfect, perfect at everything, perfect at university, perfect with your results, perfect with your relationships, perfect with your Insta, you know. (laughs) Yeah. it's quite a fix. So I wasn't surprised to see that um, those two aspects of life challenges were very kind of um, prominent in in uh, in the the take up of that resource. Definitely, and I think you obviously it's it's impossible to talk about uh, any anything particularly you know with young people help or just about anything at the minute without obviously discussing the life changing last couple of years you know most most of us um all of us really have 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 gone through something no one imagined (laughs) even arguably at the beginning of 2020 no one would have predicted um that from march that year things what would just what would happen um and i think for young people especially you know at that time when you know they are such social beings aren't they at that side you know and then to have that board I mean you know it just all of a sudden like the kids weren't able to go to school universities were closing down and people were having to move back you know people 
that had been there from September forged new friendships and then had to go back to other corners of uh, the country or in some cases were stuck, you know, on their own in places they didn't know that well. And pretty dreadful, wasn't it, Darren? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I've said numerous times. I've spoke. I, I did a previous podcast with a head teacher from a local school. And I said I have been just amazed by how well young people. Um, obviously, my sort of experience is with school age children because my children are all mm. uh, school age. But but seeing how they've handled this situation has I've, has been amazing and really inspiring actually i think they've run, a lot of them have handled it a lot better than some of the um older people no you're you're right and um in the first during the first lockdown i was on lockdown for six months on my own here yeah. in, in uh, derby and uh i find it really challenging very difficult and my uh, my children were all away so I felt very um, yeah. separated out, and uh, the apart from you know developing an interest in, in uh, birds, <laughs> <laughs> and you know Netflix and you know solo dancing to uh, <laughs> disco lights at night, um, trying to get through that period like a Robinson Crusoe uh, experience. Um, the the way I got through is actually with a young person, which was uh, my, my eldest uh, um, child, uh, my son, Jamie, who um, this kind of forging his path, as it were, um, living out in Canada, um, starting that whole business of making a life and a career. And he was in, uh, he was in isolation as well on the Ottawa River uh, with his uh, partner. And uh, we decided to write a book together to kind of uh, bridge the distance and to get through. So we looked at the uh, the whole business of cabin fever, which yeah. you hear a lot about, don't we? You know, people suffering cabin fever. But we found that there wasn't very much written about it or much about the history of it. So we looked into that. We looked into the kind of mental health impacts of prolonged isolation, um, uh, through history, including in uh, in solitary confinement and prisons and hostages being taken and so on. And also space travel, which is very topical at the moment, mm. with SpaceX and Blue Origin and so on, uh, to boldly go where nobody's come before. At the <laughs> um, and we looked at all that research and we wrote the book Cabin Fever, Surviving Lockdown in the uh, Coronavirus Pandemic. Uh, so that was our our attempt to kind of get through by being creative. Yeah. So, many, so many young people have been dealing with cabin fever and its difficulties. So many parents have struggled with cabin fever. Yeah. Um, and we've all, we've all, let's be honest, I think most of the people of most nations uh, suffering some kind of lockdown have all had uh, an increase in irritability during that period. How can you not be yeah. when you're faced with the four walls and uh, lack of freedom? Um, and that's why, you know, that's why they research carefully the impacts of, you know, long space travel to Mars. 
and they're, they're doing all the research in, in desert environments with people on lockdown in little cabins. The reason is it hurts. It, it really is difficult um, when you're confined. Definitely. And I think it's because obviously, and, and thoroughly understandably, the primary um, consideration and, you know, upfront initially about this was obviously about health and keeping people as safe as possible, particularly, you know, the most at risk. Um, but obviously now what, um, like you like say, what you've looked at and what a lot of more people are looking at is obviously now the impact on on people in terms of their mental health, uh, you know, the isolation that's come from it. And obviously the, the different, one of the things you've got to take into consideration is the very different, very different types of uh, lockdown people would have had. That's so, right. you know, I consider myself uh, reasonably lucky, you know, um, we were, you know, our family, we were locked down together. Okay, it was a very tight space. And as you say, four walls become a lot smaller when you're stuck in it. Yeah. But it was a, you know, it was a, you know, fairly comfortable situation. We, you know, we were lucky that we've got areas local that we could go out to when we were allowed. You know, we, I, I was able to continue working and I know a lot of people were not that lucky. Exactly. So, Oh, you know, and obviously there were there were massive issues for my children in terms of particularly my, uh, you know, my middle son who has sort of autism and Tourette's. It was a massive issue. He really struggled with the lack of routine and things. But you, there are going to be people, as you said, there are going to be people that were in, um, in homes that weren't necessarily as caring. You know, not every everyone is living in a safe, secure home you know I've talked to people in, as well from different different communities you know the LGBT community or maybe living in homes with uh, family members that aren't supporting of their yeah. uh, of their lives and things like that so I think there's a a lot needs to be looked at in terms of of what this in the impact this last couple of years is going to have had on people's mental health and also going forward because this doesn't just go okay that's it we move on the this is going to the impacts of this last 18 months are going to be generational at least. I, I think I think you're right though. The I mean the firstly the business of different kinds of lockdown. Absolutely. And so some of the kind some of the lockdowns we've had here, for example, will be different to other territories around the world as yeah. well. What we do what we do know is that billions of people have experienced some kind of lockdown in the last 18 months. Uh, around the world, billions, yeah. I think about 4.2 billion, right? So it's the greatest confinement in human history. There has never been a level of confinement in people's uh, homes or accommodation or not even their own accommodation. But that confinement is the biggest ever in history. And as I said recently on another interview, um, you know, all this space research about, you know, traveling to Mars and, and doing uh, using analog stations, you know, these kind of research units out in the deserts. Well, how much do you need to do that, mate? We've just had the biggest analog station going. The whole, the whole planet, more or less, or the great majority have experienced the kind of Mars trip. And the impacts of that has been profound for many people. So we've had 
increased domestic violence, for example, because people are just cooking up in the house, you know, yeah. and the the um, the whole sort of um, the mood of a confined environment adds to the irritability. So we've seen increases in violence, we've seen increases in depression, anxiety, and so on. And uh, of course, as you pointed out, it's been quite difficult for young people with their schooling, education, parents losing jobs or keeping their jobs, but having to be suddenly digital when they had yeah. been so digital before and dealing with all the noise levels, the changing noise levels, the competing demands in, in the in a you know a smaller space. Very, very, very tricky. And uh, although there are antidotes to cabin fever, um, as Jane and I discuss in the book, um, not everybody has the same access to those antidotes, uh, whether that's nature, whether that's, um, you know, having the right mentality to develop a sanctuary instead of a prison uh, kind of environment um, yeah. and to engage in creative practices, you know, music making, arts, etc., which we, we, we know are protective and can help people through. Um, but yeah, it's, as you say, it's a long tail to COVID. Um, it's it's perhaps even bigger than generational. Um, I hope another one like this doesn't happen within another hundred years. Um, and I, my heart goes out to all and any listener who has lost family members because um, we either know of people who've been lost to COVID or we actually feel that more intimately because it's somebody in, in our family. Um, so my heart goes out to you, whoever you are, um, and I hope you can find uh, support with your family and friends uh, over, over the coming months and years. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? Overall, you've got to look at it, the, the actual devastating impact this pandemic pandemic has had, you know, across the globe. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's sober, just, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's it. You know, as you say, people have died with it. You know, not just, but also people left with long-term um, impacts from it. We're seeing more and more about things like long COVID, yeah. And the impact. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that really is talking about a big one going forward. Long COVID has been affecting um, a lot of people and young people too. Um, and it's, you know, at times it's been almost presented as perhaps a psychological response to COVID as opposed to a real, a real, you know, set of symptoms. But, but people really have been suffering with uh, long COVID. Um, so we, we need to be, remain compassionate and thoughtful about the as yet um, unclear impacts of COVID on our bodies and our minds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't become, you know, a kind of a, one of these individuals who, response to the latest irritation with um with you know a judgmental attitude to others whoever they are about oh what you what you've experienced is nothing you know and uh, 
you know, you, you're just making an excuse now, you know, feeling weak and losing your mm. or not being able to focus your mind. This is this is your personality, not COVID. And those types of responses, um, they're just not helpful because um, a lot of people have been hurting in a hidden way as well as in an obvious yeah. During, during COVID and, and may do so for some time yet. Yeah. It's... Uh, I've still got a COVID, I've still got COVID toe. You know, this, this, um, this where you, you have um, like a, your skin breaks down on your toe, okay. like a rash on your toe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's that, I mean, I was, know. That was with me and I've still got yeah. COVID toe, you know. Yeah, it's, and I mean, I know, uh, you know, people that are still living with, uh, you know, are still struggling and living with the impacts of, of COVID. And and then it, and it goes outside of that, obviously, the COVID, was, the resources of COVID and the, the amount of hospital requirements it used also obviously had an impact um, on, on other conditions and, yeah, that's right. Again and again, you know, as incredible as the whole vaccination um, project has been, and this, the work they did there is fantastic. But they're not. It's also we've seen now that it's having an, had an impact, obviously, on funding for other Absolutely. for other research. And we've already seen, you know, a lot of charities that have said they've struggled because they can't get the donations because obviously people yeah. are in very different. Uh, situations no, that's, you're yeah. right to flag that up uh, just how many challenges have, have arisen with covid and it it really is a domino effect isn't it mm. uh you know if you haven't had or been disrupted by covid directly um you may have been disrupted from the you know the impacts on services and access as you say um so we we can't yet measure all the all the damages from no. COVID. um the knock-on effect has been massive but i mean thankfully the vaccinations seem to have applied some heavy breaks to COVID, yeah. uh, which is very welcome but you know uh we're all anxious. We, we all remain anxious, even if we don't say it, about you know what the you know what the end to this is, uh, or whether there, curiously there isn't an end, but it's just like an ongoing situation that we um, we have to break through to. Uh, our best response really over time but it's going to take quite quite a long time for the nhs to regather itself for all the normal services isn't it quite yeah clear. yeah and and as um I, was, I think we're saying before the show as well and then obviously we don't yet know what impacts what we're going to see over winter again well, obviously yeah. hopefully christmas um yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, hopefully the, the lorries will get uh, get going again. And yeah. Somebody will be driving them. Um, but, yeah, quite seriously, we, uh, we face um, 
uh, this winter, I think, um, with some optimism, obviously, um, but also with, I think, with a sense of caution, I would say. Um, so it's, it, it feels like it's early days for whipping off the mask and uh, yeah. you know, I'm starting to, uh, you know, uh, share close contact, I think, in public. I think, yeah. you know, I can see that tension when I go out. I see a tension between the, the kind of, uh, <laughs> can I approach you, um, you know, are you uh, huggable or not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I know what you mean, yeah, and I think I saw something the other day where they were talking about um, the, the possibility that they may actually come out and and say that masks are needed again, because obviously we're seeing a lot of talk around this sort of um, cold flu that's going around, aren't they, at the moment now? And there's been yeah. mumblings about, you know, you know, whether it is a cold, whether it's a, another strain. Well, um, that's right. I mean, in East yeah, Asian countries, they're, they're kind of more used to kind of the, um, the coronavirus situation. Mm. And you'll see, you'll see habitual ma- mask wearing. Yes. Certain periods, and if people have a cold, they wear a mask, and they're very careful. So, it makes a lot of sense to uh, to be cautious at this time, uh, particularly in crowded areas and so on. Uh, I guess it's the uh, it's that sort of neither one thing nor the other kind of spirit at the moment or mood, isn't there? You know, to to mask or not to mask—that is the question. It's a yes, <laughs> COVID-based Shakespeare, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, I think people are kind of somewhere in the middle of it. You know, on on one level, they would like to free their faces and um, you know, uh, be more open to the person next to them and allow them to you know, uh, be nearer. On the other hand, uh, people are still wondering what, what parameters we're working to you know, in terms of flu plus COVID, you know, <laughs> yeah. being worn down by you know, colds and etc., and the, the dark days and uh, COVID reappearing or, uh, or you know, overpowering us again. So it's all those sorts of things. What I would say is, you know, on a practical level, um, do think about what you've learned during lockdown, what you've learned about the importance of connecting and relationship what you've learned about your inner strengths and what, you know, what you can turn to, to, uh, to keep yourself as happy as possible. You can't be happy all the time, but um, do, do reflect on what you've learned in the, if you like, the, the big lockdown period um, that can tool you up as it were for, for the winter and for, you know, regathering yourself uh, despite the uncertainty around you, try to make the most of a looser lockdown. But I would say be cautious and uh, focus on things that you know make you feel good. 
I think that's yeah, I think that's that's great advice. And I think a lot of people struggle as well with um what what arguably aren't always the best or clearest messages coming down from the people that are meant to be. So you, there's, there's a lot of, well, you don't have to wear a mask, but maybe you should if you feel like you should, sort of um, almost shunning of responsibility at this stage. And so that obviously doesn't happen. And I, I think it's also, I mean, I'm, I imagine a, a particularly my young people, I've, I definitely feel like I see a lot more young people still wearing them than... Older people. I've seen a lot of children like coming home from school still wearing them, yeah. and very few parents at the schools. Um, I think but, sometimes the mask has become a political thing. Or, yes, or, everything uh, is now, a tribal, isn't it? A tribal thing, you know. I I don't wear a mask because I'm in a in a particular tribe. You all make yeah. it up. It's just the same as flu, really. You you when I hear people say, "Oh, it's just the same as flu." I, I think I just think you've you've probably had no tragedy from this COVID mm. because the other the other week um, a chap came around to help with the the, the garden here because I just can't manage the high trees you know and cutting yeah. cutting down the trees and he he told me he um, he this last year he lost his brother and his sister. Yeah, you know, so it's not it's not the same as flu. No, it's not. So if you're in that tribe, you know, just think a little bit before you open. open yeah, it's it's kind of similar when you hear these people saying, "Oh, well, it only you know ninety nine point nine percent of people will be fine." Well, not point one percent of people is a lot of people, and yeah. a lot of people. It's not just the person directly affected, as you say. This well, a lot that's, of people. Exactly. It's been very. It's been very. Am I? Am I going to be affected? Mm. No, I don't. You know. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. It was strange because I, I, when I talked to people early on, I was quite sort of. I was one of these that kind of thought, oh, this, this could be one of those kind of, bringing together, things. You know, because early on we saw a lot of, you know people going out shopping for neighbors obviously there was the you know the, the clapping they seem to be a lot of you know ev- this almost everyone helping each other and it was like it was really nice to see of course as, as it went on then like you say the, the divide started and this sort of well people saying well maybe everyone else should be allowed out just the high risk people should be staying at home and then people kind of yeah. I guess I don't know whether some kind of novelty or I thought I mean and obviously you have to be considerate that people even the people that were reacting like that a lot of that that you know they were struggling you maybe they were losing you know people were losing jobs people were you don't know what's going on at home and again people even people on furlough obviously are losing big chunks you know they were paying 80 percent 20 percent is a lot of your wage to suddenly oh, do. so okay, you, you can see why and I, again as i mentioned earlier it didn't feel like you couldn't feel particularly confident in the strategy that was being presented no, which no. i think played into people you know i mean we, I, I took i look at when we had the lockdown after christmas mm. and i think my kids went back to school for a day yeah, and then and it it just sent this message of 
just ineptitude because it's like we all knew. Yeah. We, everybody spent Christmas period saying they're going to have to lock down again. You could see the figures, yet they yeah. made teachers go in over Christmas yeah. to sort of, and then they went in for one day and they closed. And, and but, I mean, the impact that has on children, again, it have just gone back after Christmas yeah. one day and suddenly it's your stay at home again. And again, that just sends a message that they're doing it almost, it sends a message of people just going on a sort of a whim with no strategy, which I think played into some of the reactions we got. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think the, you know, the, the messaging hasn't always been clear, but, but I guess I'm, I'm not expecting it ever to be clear in this type of situation because the, the uncertainties for everyone, whether 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 you were Chris Whitty or you know whichever part you played in this, yeah, the uncertainties are such that you're making it up on the hoof. You're making it up as you go along um, and trying to get your best your best move. You know, so there will be mistakes, there will be errors, there will be stop and starts, uh, like you've mentioned with the, the school side. And it's not because um, people who are trying to sort through the pandemic are feckless and have no idea, although some of them may be feckless. Um, it's simply the magnitude of the challenge, the, the uncertainties that are being felt and seen, the d serious decisions needing to be made to you know, hold up an economy at the same time yeah. as a big health emergency. All the all the new um, the new aspects that we haven't quite thought through about what is a pandemic in the modern world where we're yeah more, more connected than ever, and we didn't have that with the nineteen seventeen flu. The, 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 in nineteen seventeen, the world was not as connected. No, uh, as it is now. So you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have uncertainties. You're going to have gaps in the leadership, as it were. And um, I think one thing that it suggests to me, Darren, and I, I, I think from your comments, I've kind of picked this up, is that in that type of environment, we really do need to revisit what it is to be compassionate to each other. You know, yeah. how are we actually being kind to each other amidst the uncertainties, the bad decisions, the good decisions, the difficulties to get resources, the challenges to families financially and otherwise through, through this period, and the challenges of actually maintaining the infrastructure of our own nation, never mind other nations, at this time. I mean... <laughs> We're, yeah. in a lot, we're in a lot of debt because of this new type of pandemic. Um, yeah, it's as a, that is like you say, that's definitely that. And that's, I think that's kind of what I was saying about how I kind of felt at the beginning. It did feel yeah. like there was a lot of compassion there. And, you know, there was still, a, there still is, but it definitely, you could definitely sense a sort of particular, I think between the two lockdowns, it definitely felt very different sort of a lot more there's definitely a lot more division a device within the second and I know 
that kind of plays in, like you mentioned earlier, about the sort of a lot of it became political, you know, like the mask of things. And unfortunately, we do seem to live in an age where, um, ev- you know, the, everything is so divided yeah. um, politically. You know, the last sort of five, ten years, it feels like, you know, we've seen that. And not just here, you know, we've seen that. You can see that in America, the division there. Yeah, there's a so, kind of fragility around yeah. around political leadership at the moment, isn't there? Um, yeah. And so on. But, it's, you know, it's, you're either one or the other. There doesn't seem to be much meeting um, yeah. going on. I think you're right about the two lockdowns, Darren. The, the, I think you'd expect uh, that kind of community spirit, you know, that sort of um, almost wartime spirit and... Um, you know, people outreaching and, and being uh, initially very supportive and so on. I think what happens then is that the level of personal threat starts to dawn on people, um, you know, threats to their physical health and, um, you know, um, worries about the future and so on. And yeah. we, know, we know that when, when that feeling of, when that sense of threat increases, we know that people's compassionate behaviour reduces. We know that from the research. So I think I think the second lockdown was a kind of, a, if you like, the hangover of yeah. that kind of communal supported, you know, the first phase. Um, oh, gosh, this is going to be longer. Oh, oh, gosh, you know, this could affect my job. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm going to be made redundant. And what? how will I pay the mortgage after that? And all those sorts of things coming in. Or, you know, how do I survive day to day? Never mind the mortgage. I, you know, I haven't even got a mortgage. <laughs> you know, so yeah. all those threats started to come in. And I think then compassionate behavior started to wane as people started to, you know, choose their football teams, as it were. Yeah. And then if you add into that, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of that was also dependent on how closely um, COVID had actually touched you as a person or your, your family. So if you've, you know, you've not had people close with it badly affected by it or, you know, you and your family maybe have, have been, like a lot of people have had it, but it's, it's not been, you know, overly serious, then you start thinking this is a, you know, a lot of risk of, like you said, of my livelihood and my family's livelihood, but it's not actually that bad because yeah, people, you know, despite what, sorry. No, no, don't, no, no, sorry. You're, you're just talking about all the right things, Darren. Yeah. I just, I was just going to say that. And then this, we see this um, across everything in science particularly, but you know, it doesn't matter what you present people and the bigger picture people will base most of it on their sort of personal um experience we see this you know this is what leads to to big movements of of anti-vaccination or any other scenario because people sort of take anecdotal evidence over and i said there you go so if they're not personally being hit affected or you know closely being affected people started to see like you said earlier people started to see this as just like a bad cold. Well, it's um, interesting. It, yeah, no, that, that that's, tells you everything you need to know, Darren, what you just said there, is, you know, people become their own Chris Whitties. Yeah. 
you know, and start to decide very, you know, very complex uh, matters of immuno immunological matters of, you know, of how the immune system responds to particular things and all the ins and outs of pharmaceutical and, and trials and everything. And suddenly, you know, over a few, a few sessions of watching BBC, suddenly everybody's their own Chris Whitties, you know, um, and uh, deciding <laughs> yeah. the vaccines are dangerous or this, that, this, and so on. And in all of that fog, really, all that fog of kind of messaging and counter-messaging, uh, most of us have just been kind of looking around us and seeing who's upright. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, uh, these, these friends and family members, they've had their vaccines and they're all upright. You know, they, they, they are surviving. And uh, that's, that's why the vaccination programme was successful. It wasn't because the government was successful necessarily with the vaccination programme. It's not just about government and its uh, organisations. It's also about the people and how they respond. People look around them and just and look at who is remaining upright. Yeah. And that has been driving vaccination more than anything. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, obviously, you know, in terms of a, a vaccination uh, project, I guess I don't know what the best word is, but you know, in the same way that this pandemic was something we've never seen, that you know was beyond anything we've ever seen. Obviously, you know, vaccinations, we all we all know of them, you know, we all, you know, most of us have, have had the ones as a childhood, but such a big, basically vaccinating most of the, the planet, I guess, but even in this country, most of the country, um, in what, six months? To yeah, most I people, and, and I know it's still, obviously, it's still ongoing in terms of, uh, you know, teenagers and children, but, you know, it's a, it's a staggering, I mean, just the whole, I think, the whole vaccine, vaccination, uh, bearing in mind that what nobody knew of this virus, uh, or most, you know, less than two years ago. Yeah. That, I mean, that's incredible. It's astonishing. Um, it's, it's, it's astonishing. And in, in, in a way, what what is new about this pandemic in terms of, a pandemic in a world that is so super connected and hyper connected and mobile and and um, the transmissibility is just you know yeah given all the the air flights and, and the transfers across the world that that increased mobility um, has been matched by the the speed of thinking and the speed of our science and the speed of our organization uh, organizations globally to actually respond to a modern pandemic you know so i think you're right i think it's been it's been an eye opener hasn't it about yeah how how on earth did they turn that around quite so quickly it was a bit like um i think a bit as a meteor moment yeah um, you know, a meteor's heading for Earth, and you know it's been spotted, and it's on a direct track to to hit the Earth. Um, and we imagine, don't we, that the science of the world will get together, and we'll find a 
way to survive that and, and deflect the meteor. Yeah. Okay. So this, the vac- um, the, this pandemic was a meteor moment. The vaccine was Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I think Bruce Willis has been has been uh, linked so clearly to a vaccine. <laughs> so right, um, obviously, the you know, there's so much we could talk about in terms of of the impact this is going to have, and especially as you say, you know, on your on young people. Yeah. Um, and, that, and and now them, as like you say, we're talking about young people that are now getting to go back to university. And there's not only the, the sort of that in itself, which is a life-changing upheaval, you know, most of these people would have spent, would have grown up a lot of the time pretty much in one town. You know, you go to the school up the road, you go to the senior school 15, 20 minutes away, uh, you go to a low, you know, nowadays there's obviously not as much you know you go to a college within your hometown city and you may now be moving across the country which in itself and you're making decisions that potentially or or almost certainly are are about setting the sort of roadmap for your life going forward and then now you've got the added obviously of you've just spent 18 months locked inside Mm -hmm. You, you, a lot of people obviously are still nervous about, as you said there, about the, the pandemic. Obviously, you know, universities, that's a lot of people put together from all over the country. So it's, um, so I don't, what well, I guess what the the article you wrote on Left Lion and the, the website, um, what's up with everyone and com and things like that are, are about ultimately is. Is sort of of not just trying to do this alone. Yeah, yeah. realizing, yeah, yeah. We, you know, our individual brains only, uh, you know, only can do so so much. But with the brains and the the passions and imaginations of other people around us, we can do so much more. Um, you know, and being successful is as much about being successful together as it is being successful as an individual. Um, And I think when people head off to, as I did, you know, head off to universities, even person, um, you're you're kind of minded to think that everything's down to you, um, you know, the scores you get, the marks you get represent you and, you know, your future. Um, And, there's a lot of pressure there to deliver and to, to, you know, mix with new people and to get through that kind of, as you say, that, that bit of a shock from moving from the local perhaps to something bigger um, and perhaps dealing with your finances for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that side. And it is a, it is a challenge, but it's a challenge that, can be met best by working together with your peers, with your fellow students, um, and trying to um, relax a little bit on the kind of, you know, the accelerator, uh, you know, sort of hit, you, <laughs> as soon as you're in, you've got to change the world, you've got to get yeah. the best, you've got to do the best essay, the first one's got to be brilliant, otherwise the tutors will ignore you and, and all that sort of stuff. It's just to ease back on this because you'll find that, you know, 
your level for academic development and performance will come over time, not, not in a snapshot way with, you know, by the end of year one, you'll know whether you're a genius or not. Mm. Um, and many of the wins you'll have in year one are around, you know, social interaction and social learning um, and um, dealing with practical issues of how to do, how to make a spaghetti bolognese um, and how, how to survive some of the, the partying, which has been more tricky in COVID, um, partly because what you expect as a first year in, in university has just not been there, has it? It's been a, a strange yeah. combination of, of uh, online and offline. Uh, and, you know, I would say if you've struggled this year, uh, you're right. You know, uh, you've, you've noticed. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's it's not a good year to to uh, get on with university life. However, however, it is a unique experience that you've had, and that many other people haven't had, perhaps. Um, you know, uh, before you. So, the pandemic, as much as the challenges it's brought our students, it's brought opportunities as well. Um, a lot of our students have been. Um, commenting on how they value some of the hybrid uh, approaches to learning. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of constant flesh and blood in the classroom. Um, so that combination has been a learning point. We've also learned a bit about, uh, you know, we are vulnerable and it's, um, it's hard to put life together and Tutors, as well as students, have both struggled to deal with and work around the, the big move to digital during the period and the loneliness as well. So in a way, the experience may, may add uh, to um, our own personal growth and learning um, as, we, as, we, as you go through the university experience, hopefully, uh, less interrupted, I hope, for many of our students before they, they graduate. But um, I certainly do believe in that left line piece and the, um, the, the, the stuff we've been doing with Ardman, um, that young people have the resources and they will be as successful as they want to be, but most of all, we'll be best in doing that together rather than isolating yourself more than you need to, I would say. Excellent. Uh, fantastic advice, I think. Um, I'm going to wrap up in a moment, but I, you mentioned again the, the article in Left Lion, and it, I just wanted to point out, I think, the way the end of that article, uh, which I think is a very great point you make, which is about, and you've talked about this quite a lot, while we've been chatting about um, compassion yeah. and be, but what's very interesting is obviously you talk about the focus on compassion for others um, but also think about being compassionate to yourself as a starting point and I think that's probably one of the biggest things a lot of us don't do enough of absolutely um, we're, you know we're often I often think about the Spanish Inquisition, you know, that kind of set of <laughs> dark robes and the candles and uh, you're possibly going to be, you know, 
but facing execution. And then you pull back the robes on the, the three judges at the table behind the candles and you see yourself in each yeah. one of them. Yeah. We're, we're, we're terrible at this. We're terrible. We've, we're trained to be, you know, self-destructive in many ways. And we're trained to be critical of ourselves more than anybody else would be critical of, of us. Um, so for, for all our students out there, really do be kind to yourselves. Really, you know, think about um, being gentle with yourself as much as you're being gentle with others. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an import mm. as well as an export. I yeah, and, yeah, I think, I, I imagine there's probably not anyone out there listening that um, could probably heed that advice. I know, I know definitely uh, for myself, I, I would say, you know, it could definitely be more, and I'm sure everyone feels the same. As you say, it's, it's sort of so easy to turn in on yourself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, this has been a real stress test of not only our physical and mental health, um, but our imaginations, mm-hmm. you know, um, and one shift in the imagination uh, is, you know, what can I, what can I do today for me, for others? Excellent. Brilliant. Well, it's been fantastic to chat to you. Um, yeah, you too, Darren. Yeah, uh, quite um, surreal, really. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're both in a... Obviously, we're not on visual, so it's like both in a dark COVID room. Talking yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I hope I hope all your wonderful listeners uh, get something from our, our strange conversation about <laughs> COVID and student life and so on. And uh, I hope you and uh, your listeners are. are uh, going to have a better year of it and we you know we've been through winters before they can be a challenge we'll get through yeah. them uh, yeah yeah and uh, you know just see what you can do together and uh, you know uh, don't be try not to solve everything on your own um, and talk to each other do share and uh, we'll get through the, into the uh, into a better year I hope yeah I think well I hope you're right um yeah. As you say, it's been it's been a very challenging uh, year. That is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to to explain it, really, is it? Because it's you know we've got nothing to compare it against in our own lifetimes, really. Yeah, we've all been to Mars, mate. <laughs> there you go, there you go. There you go. That's, that seems <laughs> about the best time. Blue Origin. We've all been to Mars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, it's. Like you say, it's it's about you've got. I think it's also worth remembering that we don't all have to don't don't try and necessarily sprint back to the way things were before all this. Absolutely, you know, it's a it's, yeah, a, it's yeah, a different yeah. world than it was now, and yeah, let's let's deal with adapting and working with that rather than expecting um, to be like it was in twenty nineteen or yeah. If, if everyone can be uh, trauma sensitive, uh, Darren that you know the person next to you in the office when you do return or what it, wherever you you are in your workplaces um you ju- just you know remember that people around you they they may look as though they have no bruises but they they may 
be um, they may have been tutored by pain, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. I, I don't think there's going to be anyone, you know, out there that is going to have been going to have had a fantastic 2020. No. Particularly, yeah, that's it. We've all, like you said, in you know, this is a the entire globe. You know, billions of people yeah. uh, have been through this. Long, uh, Darren, you know, it's. Um, I've done two birthdays now in kind of uh, lockdown or semi-lockdown. Um, yeah, same. So I think we're all feeling bedraggled, and we're all feeling a bit kind of uh, bruised by it all um, uh, in different ways, but. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, Dara. I uh, I share the colours of what's up with everyone. Um, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kind of looking brightly on the future, and I hope uh, your listeners do too. what i'm talking about episode 46 with professor paul crawford uh, thank massive thanks to paul for joining us and giving up time it was a fantastic conversation it was great so easy to talk to we had some fantastic advice in there an interesting look and i think the, the points he makes about compassion and things like that are so important at this time hopefully you enjoyed that episode please let us know what you think uh, you can leave us feedback uh, on Twitter at ngdigitaluk, facebook.com forward slash not what I'm talking about. Uh, you can contact us there or you can contact us on not what I'm talking about at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Please let us know. Please leave us a review of the web of the episodes. And we've got plenty more episodes coming, so be sure to check those out. Next week's guest and episode 47 is Helen Stead, who is director of Nottingham Comedy Festival, which kicks off uh, in November, so we'll be having a chat about that. You know, the growth of the festival, uh, the impact last year had on the festival, and the importance of this year's festival and people being able to get out and enjoy themselves again. Uh, and how much we all need a laugh right now. That was another great chat, and uh, hopefully, you'll all enjoy that next week. So, that's all for this week. Do, as I said, check us out on social media. Do let us know what you think of the show, and let us know anyone you'd like to hear on the show that you think should talk to. Uh, that is from or linked to Nottingham. Thanks again for listening in. It's been great to be back and we look forward to bringing you more shows. That's all for now and uh, have a great day. <laughs>